App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. It's Paul Kemp here, and we've got this great podcast that just seems to attract a lot of really interesting guests, and we've got a great episode lined up for you today. I know it's going to be something that really delivers some great content and, and really inspires from a journey that we're going to dig into. So let me set this up in that uh, on the podcast series so far, we've had uh, a number of different authors, like app developers, entrepreneurs. Think back to the episode with Jesse Meekham uh, from youneedabudget.com. Uh, that was really good to get us inspired with budgets. And, and then we had uh, Chris Miles, who retired at the age of uh, 26. And you know he was talking a lot about um, budgets. And, and so I really wanted to carry on this theme. And it's with great pleasure that I've got Deacon Hayes for us. Uh, and Deacon is the founder of uh, wellkeptwallet.com. So if you want to go and check that out, go to uh, wellkeptwallet.com wallet.com. It's a really warm welcome, Deacon, to the App Guy podcast. Well, Paul, thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, we'd love to just start off by uh, asking you a little bit about yourself and your business. Perhaps you can tell us what you're getting up to. Sure. So I live in Phoenix, Arizona with my wife, Kim. We've been married for about six years. Um, I, I started off, uh, you know, kind of my career uh, selling luxury wood floors, which was, was an interesting experience. So, you know, you'd have these houses that are like 10, 20,000 square feet and two people live in them, but they're buying, you know, some really nice wood floors and, uh, but realized that wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. And so, um, you know, when we got married, we combined our finances, realized we had $52,000 in debt outside of mortgage debt. And that was a lot. So we decided to put together a game plan, paid it off in 18 months. And that just gave me this light bulb moment. Like if I could do this, if I could help other people get out of debt, get on a budget, get their finances in order and achieve their goals in life, like I want to do that. So I created wellkeptwallet.com as a, a way to do that uh, initially for free, but now I make money off of it uh, through doing financial coaching and I have a free course called Debt Free in 18 Months that helps people get out of debt. Um, and so that's kind of the, you know, the elevator pitch, if you will. You know, I'm sure you're appealing to a lot of people out there. I was just thinking we had an episode uh, with... Um, the founder of uh, ASO Professional, a guy called uh, Gabriel Macherette, and, and he was saying that he uh, knows quite a few developers, one in particular that lost about 50,000 developing an app. Sometimes those apps are successful, like WhatsApp, and then some, a majority sometimes fail and lose us a lot of money. So what advice, I mean, obviously you've got a lot of advice, but uh, what perhaps can you say to indie app developers who have, you know, forked out a lot of money, put it on credit card and got themselves into debt. You know, is there really a, a good way out? You know, there is. For, I mean, no matter where you are in life, um, you just got to put together a game plan, you know. And so, um, you know, what you want to do is if you've got multiple debts, I, I use the debt snowball, which is listing your debt smallest to largest. And I have a free form on my resources page that people could download to, to do that. Um, and then you just tackle the first debt with as much extra cash as you have. You get a tax refund if you, you know, you sell something online, if you get an inheritance, whatever, any extra cash you get, just throw it at that first debt until it's gone. Um, and it's amazing just to see the momentum build. So, you know, if you've built an app and you've got 10 different credit cards, 
fifty thousand dollars, you know, take the one with five hundred bucks, put it up top, then a thousand, you know, next, fifteen hundred next, and just start tackling the first one, then the second one, and the third one, and you'll be surprised at how fast that debt will just start disappearing. I think it's slightly better than my strategy, which I was thinking when I built some credit card debt up when I um, had a failed business. That I uh, said to my wife, should we just um, you know go abroad and, and leave it and just not worry about it? <laughs> she said, no, you know we're having kids and uh, I want to come back to the UK at some point. So, uh, uh, but I, I think it's just wonderful. And have you thought about um, uh, I guess an app? Is that something you do or have, have given some thought to? You know, I have given some thought to it. Um, I've I've put some feelers out there, like on Elance.com, for a couple of ideas that I had. Um, there's a lot, there's, I mean, on the Android market, especially there's a lot available when it comes to finance, right? Um, iTunes, I, I would imagine they, they've got a very good selection, whether it's getting out of debt, budgeting, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I would say, so an app that I had that I wanted to do, which would be more convenient for me is I donate stuff to like Goodwill, which is like a thrift store here in, in Arizona. And I think they got them all over the U S as well. And, you know, when you're doing your taxes to remember what you donated, how much it was worth and to have documentation of it, you know, that's important for the, the state and for the IRS to know that. And so uh, creating an app where you could take a picture of what you donated, establish a value to it um, and label it, you know, DVD player, whatever it was. Um, and it would just be a database. And then you could export that to a CSV file and it would say, here's all the stuff that you donated this year. Um, you know, there's a limited market because not everybody donates goods like that. Um, but it would have been something helpful for me, but I just, it was, it was something that when I priced it out, it was, it cost more than I thought my return on investment would be. So if you are listening to this as an app developer and you've been listening to more than three months, there is a theme coming out here because we had a guest called David McKeegan, who's a tax expert from the, uh, he was working from Bali and he was crying out for an app that would just help us manage our taxes, especially the, uh, you know, the donations to charity and just keeping receipts and, and proof of that and something so easy to to actually do and, and obviously we have our androids and our iphones with us all the time they have features like we can take pictures of receipts and and automatically get them uploaded into uh, folders and uh, then just makes the whole process easier than the once a year grabbing your you know your your i don't know cardboard box your shoe box with all the receipts and uh, the petty cash things and then <laughs> having to go through with your tax returns so uh, you know if you're listening there's got to be um there's got to be uh, a need for that uh, type of app uh, if it doesn't exist already. Um, Deacon, you had some, um, uh, I know you had another idea when we were pre-chatting um, about an app uh, for Community Board. Uh, so perhaps you could talk talk us through that. Yeah, so when, you know, when I first got a real job and I decided I'm going to buy, you know, um, a condo and, I'm, you know, so I'm going to be an investor in real estate, um, you know, I realized that they had these HOA boards by the mailbox and it would say, you know, HO meeting, HOA meeting this day, um, hey, I lost my dog. Hey, I've got a couch for sale. They just had all this detail that was, ex it was exclusively dedicated to this community, right? And I just thought, how cool would it be to have that available online, you know, and then obviously an app would have been the next step. Um, so I created the website and it was called mycommunityboard.com. It's now owned by somebody else and has different content on it. Um, but the the concept was connecting people within geographic communities. 
Um, and, you know, since then, I, I think, you know, there's there's apps on Facebook that do it. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there are certain um, sites out there that have, have tried that model. Uh, what I found, though, was people, they don't really want to get to know their neighbors. Um, so, like, it, the connecting part wasn't there. So, really, it would only be this, you know, here's a board of information relative to your community. Um, and so that was the idea. It was kind of a partnership that just it just ended up dissolving, and um, but it was something. One of my first things that I went for, and I and I learned a lot from it, but um, definitely haven't done anything with it since. I appreciate you sharing, um, you know, something that perhaps didn't work out as, as well as you thought it would. And, uh, you know, if this was a podcast for failures, then uh, I'd, I'd be taking up uh, several hours of my <laughs> failures. Um, you know, actually, you were talking at uh, the start about luxury uh, wood floors. And I remember doing a e-commerce site trying to sell uh, luxury wood floors and uh, lost a bit of money on that. And so, yeah, I've got a whole string of different things that have um, failed, <laughs> but it's all been part of the learning process. And I was just thinking that there, I think I did hear that there was this really good app in the US that was built in uh, conjunction with the government and some app developers. And uh, it was to do with sponsoring things like fire hydrants in your community and your neighborhood. And then you would be responsible for uh, clearing the snow from the fire hydrant, keeping it you know free from, from um, obstacles or from things in the way. Uh, and then you would get points and almost badges for um, the acts of you know community goodwill and and that's where I think you know the smartphones are just really ki- uh, killing it with the, these ideas that come out and uh, help us with our community yeah that's a great idea I mean I live in Arizona so we actually get zero snow all year round but uh, I would imagine for places like Michigan or New York or you know Colorado yeah that would be huge yeah and I think it was almost as well about keeping your street tidy and you had um points or badges that you could earn for keeping your particular section free and uh, I think that's the whole gamification of uh, uh, apps and uh, helping us just to do good in the community as well uh, that that seems to be taking off. Uh, Just wondering you know uh, how did you get the idea for um, well-kept wallet I mean clearly you've been scratching your own itch in a way that you know you you, you're in this $52,000 of debt and and you found your, your way out of it and then you started um, you know, really, I guess, capitalizing on, on that knowledge that you, and experience. I mean, to, perhaps you can take us back to that part of your journey where you just then decided to launch Wellcap Wallet and, uh, you know, tell us, did you do Did you have um, help doing that? Did you do it on your own? Perhaps you could just sort of talk us through that. Sure. So when, when we were in debt, I was selling luxury wood floors. So I had zero, I had no outlet for, um, you know, my financial acumen or my my passion for personal finance and so as as we're paying off this debt and putting together this plan and I'm reading books I'm just thinking wow I need an outlet to share kind of our journey getting out of debt with other people um, and obviously when I started you know I might have had two friends that were reading my blog and I did everything myself you know I I went to WordPress and you know created a free WordPress site and then I you know, I'd, I'd watch tutorials on how to change themes and how to edit CSS, you know, at a very minor level. And so, um, you know, I just, as I, as I moved along and progressed, I just kind of learned how to tweak things, make them better. Um, then I learned SEO. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that happened through this process. And I'm very much, I'm a problem solver. So I love 
I love websites in the sense that there's always a problem to solve, right? You you change something and it affects something else, and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? And now I got to figure it out. And so you got to do the research, you figure it out, and I feel you know that sense of accomplishment. So, um, you know, the idea was for it to be an outlet for me to help other people. And then I started seeing that there were people uh, that were posting income reports on personal finance blogs in the in the neighborhood of ten thousand dollars plus a month. And I'm just thinking to myself, how in the world are these guys making so much money? from a website, you know, from a blog. And so then I started researching that. So that was kind of the the beginning stages of, you know, why I decided to do it. And then, you know, started looking into the monetization model and, and then making money from the site from there. Deacon, that's like um, an inspirational story because I was thinking the way the web has changed somewhat, you know, over the years. I mean, if we think back to um, I mean, when I first got on the web and I started to do these things, it may have been about 2008. And it was all about, uh, you know, I'm a big guru and and look at me, uh, you press this button and you're going to make a load of cash. And so there was a lot of, um, you know, sort of big numbers being thrown around, uh, screenshots of PayPal that clearly were not genuine. And what I'm loving uh, now and, you know, hearing you uh, talk about that is the uh, move towards transparency. And the fact that, you know, bloggers are starting to uh, just publish their uh, income reports that we can see what's working and what's not. And, you know, clearly that's just a good move for uh, for us to see uh, genuine information. And, and it's not, you know, sort of uh, unethical. It's, um, you know, it's just helpful. Did you find that's happening with the whole transparency of, um, you know, how people are making money on the web? I definitely do. I have a few um, friends in particular that do it and do it well. Um, it, it's one of those things where I've struggled with it because I don't, I want to be approachable. I don't want anybody to ever look at an income report and be like, oh my gosh, I can never talk to that guy. You know what I mean? Like in, in the sense that it might be a barrier to be able to help somebody. So for me, I, I haven't published it, uh, yet, but I do find it helpful, like you said, for what works, what doesn't work. Um, and to see the people that are actually, you know, this is what they do for a living. And, you know, if you want, if you want to be an online entrepreneur, then find online entrepreneurs that are successful at it and then mimic what they do. Right. So um, I've definitely found it helpful in that regard. So what do you have uh, plans for um, either well-kept wallet or anything else that's going on? What's getting you really excited at the moment? This is kind of, it's kind of a side note, but I got an email from a casting director uh, saying, Hey, we're looking for a host for a finance show. And we think you'd be perfect. Watch some videos on your site. And so I auditioned for that yesterday. Um, so there's a potential that I could actually be a host on a TV show uh, to help people get out of debt, get their finances in order. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, but other other than that, that's not a that's not a shoe in or anything. But it's definitely something that that works with my brand and what I do. Um, and so so that that's something new and exciting. But um, you know another thing. I'm I'm doing this what's going to be like a mastermind where I want to get um, people who are really serious about their finances. They're like, hey, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I need accountability. I need people to walk with me through this. Um, so I'm going to create that here in the next month um, to be a way for people to to have kind of you know an army of other people to say, hey, you know what? I'm in the same position as you. Um, you know, this is what Deacon told me to do. I did it and it's working. I recommend that you do it, you know, to give them just that kind of encouragement and that push that they need. 
you know, uh, in the UK, we have um, uh, the BBC and they have radio stations and they have these finance uh, sections on there. So uh, Radio 5 has a financial feature. I think it's almost uh, every day. And uh, the guy that um, appears on that is the founder of Money Saving Expert, uh, Money Saving Expert. And he, uh, I mean, he sold the business for um, a multi-million pound package. I think it was 40, 50 million, possibly more in sterling. Uh, and, um, you know, he owed a lot of his success from uh, hosting a financial uh, planning or financial advice type uh, show on the radio. And so you may want to check that out and uh, listen to a few of his, but he, he, he's really good. And uh, I mean, what an opportunity that would be to be a host on a TV show. And uh, obviously, we've got you right at right, the right timing just before you make it big. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I mean, in, you know, I have no idea who else they're auditioning, um, but... It was it, it was a great experience to audition, you know, no matter what way it goes. But yes, you're right. It would be it would be a great opportunity, and I would have no doubt that it would it would help, you know, uh, expand my audience and, and the reach that I have. Well, you know? well, we were told once on the show that you know it's people that make decisions, and so all you need to do is let us know the people making that decision, and perhaps we can uh, email them and say, you know, I heard uh, Deacon on the App Guy podcast, and he was just so good, he'd make a great host. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you the guy's email address right now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, sure. <laughs> What's it like going on this entrepreneurial journey? Because, I mean, who would have thought that all these different things happen? And, and it all stems from the fact that you were uh, solving a real problem. And, you know, that's come on this show time and time again with um, some of the other hosts, uh, guests that we've had. They just remind us that uh, to, to be successful, we need to solve problems. And... Uh, how can you know? How can you get into the mindset of being a problem solver r- rather than just get sort of sidetracked by all these features that you know websites can do? And how how do you become a problem solver? So I mean, I think you probably learn a lot of your your traits when you're young. You know, of of what what really works for you and what you're good at and that kind of thing. And so um, I've always been. If I want something, I know that I need to make money to be able to get it. You know, and so now the pro- the problem is I don't have any money. The solution is I got to work to get money, right? So, you know, when I was ten years old, I'd go around the neighborhood with flyers, you know, and 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 I created a name for a landscaping company, R and D Landscaping, and I'd say I'd trim your bushes or I'd mow your lawn or I'd do whatever, you know, because that was a way for me to make money. Um, I go to a bookstore. This is crazy. So. You know, in the same complex, there was a thrift store and a bookstore. I'd go to the thrift store and they would have like a nickel book day. So you'd go buy a book for a nickel and then I'd take it to the bookstore and they'd buy that same book for 50 cents. So I get 10 times my money, you know, and so <laughs> I would just find ways where I could solve that problem. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, that's what you do on a day to day basis. And I just love that, you know, and so some people are wired that way. My wife, she's a teacher. She, she would hate the the risk involved and the uncertainty and you know that she wants that I want a you know structured type environment so um, you know some people are, are wired to be more like my wife and, and and be an employee but I'm I'm definitely wired to be an entrepreneur so you know can you perhaps share what it's like to have um, you know a day in your life as an entrepreneur there there are people listening on their way to work in the car. Uh, perhaps they're listening on the underground or the tube or the metro or whatever, however they're getting to work and uh, they're going to somewhere that they're going to work where they don't perhaps um, particularly feel fulfilled. Um, there's a lot of people that I know feel like that. I used to feel the same way. 
could you share what it's like to have a typical day as an entrepreneur? Do you uh, choose your hours? Do you do you work nine to five? You know, perhaps you can give us some insight into your daily routine. Sure. Yeah, I definitely choose my own hours. And you know, before this, I was at the gym working out with my buddy Mike. Um, you know, I think you know personal fitness is is very important to me, and so making that a priority. So I do that generally early in the morning. Um, you know, I'll answer emails and. Um, you know, I'll get text messages from clients that have financial issues and, you know, try to work through some things and, you know, encourage them that way. Uh, you know, I have meetings with strategic partnerships. So I'm meeting with the CEO of a university here uh, called Grand Canyon University here at, at, at 11. So after this, uh, this interview, um, and then I have a financial coaching session in the afternoon with with a girl that her, her identity was stolen. And so I'm helping her work through. She's got three different credit reports figuring out what, what, you know, what was stolen, what was not, and what's misreported. Um, you know, so every day is different, you know, um, and that's, that's one of the things I like, you know, and it's exciting because it's not monotonous. It's not, you know, you drive through rush hour traffic, you get to the office, you do the same routine, you drive through rush hour home, you know, you get home, you're exhausted, you don't have any time to do anything that you enjoy. I mean, like, I feel like I, I get to enjoy everything that I do um, because it's always different. It's always exciting. It's it's something that I'm I'm passionate about. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of a typical day. Um, you know, my wife and I usually hang out in the afternoon because she's a teacher. Um, so she gets home early. Um, so we'll spend a little bit of time together. And um, we got a couple dogs. So we'll go walk them, you know, throughout the day, whether it's the afternoon or the evening. Um, you know, so just kind of we have the flexibility to do kind of whatever we want, whenever we want. Um, and that's that's one of the things I really enjoy about being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really inspiring hearing you to talk through your day because it's just so different to what you perhaps would expect, you know, working in an office or a cubicle or uh, having to do an hour. I mean, the commutes uh, in the UK, especially if you work in London, where all the money is, uh, it's at least an hour, an hour and a half, uh, unless you want to buy, you know, a super expensive uh, apartment and, and live in the central London. Um, but uh, you know, I really feel like uh, there's a lot of people out there who are looking at apps as a way to uh, make a living, and uh, that living can be made anywhere in the world. Um, all you need is an internet connection, the ability to put an app on the app store and sell that, and, and have this world's you know biggest uh, distribution platform for for digital um, products, pretty much. Um, so, well, this is the App Guide podcast. We love talking about apps. Uh, we know that you've got an Android. Um, what, what apps help you get through the day? What apps are your favorite? And uh, perhaps you could pull out your phone and we could talk a few, about a few of the apps that you use. Sure. So uh, one of the apps that probably everybody uses, um, but I just literally found out how amazing it is, is Evernote because it organizes my entire life, really. Um, you know, and I didn't realize that you could record audio, you know. So if I'm listening to someone speak and I'm like, hey, I really want to capture this quote, right? Like I know they're going to repeat it because they just said it and they're going to they're going to go through it or they're going to break it down. Um, so recording the audio for things like that, um, being able to categorize um, all of the different stuff. So, you know, I have a podcast mastermind. I have a blog mastermind. I can tag you know, here's the notes from the podcast mastermind. Here's the notes from all my blog masterminds. So um, that has been a super useful tool. Um, you know, and if I, another thing that I do on a daily basis, I also have an SEO company. I don't want to talk much about that, but at least from an app perspective, um, there's one called SERP Mojo. 
and I open it up every morning and I let it run and it basically just tells me um, the rankings where my clients rank in the search engines for the keyword terms that they want to rank for and it's free. And there's a lot of paid stuff out there and there's a lot of free stuff that sucks, but CertMojo is by far the best I've found. CertMojo, is that? Yep, it's S-E-R-P-M-O-J-O. You know, there's an app idea um, because uh, a lot of people talk about search engine optimization. Very few people talk about app store optimization. And uh, we did have someone, uh, a guest on the show who's the, the world leading expert on app store optimization. And I think that is in the early days that SEO was probably back in 2006 and seven when you know, it was just making some traction. And uh, what, what a great app idea would be to you know, ha- open up something like a SERP um, mojo for apps, you know, for an app. So to see where you are in the app store, to see what ranking and the category that you're looking for, and uh, perhaps give you some statistics on keywords and uh, so if you're listening as an indie app developer, there's another idea for you. Uh, you know, before we say goodbye, I, I just wondered if um, you have any last thoughts, uh, maybe stuff that we, we haven't covered that you feel would be imperative to share with our audience here. You know, the only thing I would say is if you have an app idea, or if you have any idea, you really want to test it with, you know, uh, I guess, not, I mean, I want to say a test audience, but I would say three to five people. You know, ask a friend, ask a family member, ask a stranger, hey, what do you think about this idea? Because I see a lot of people, like you kind of mentioned earlier on in the episode, where they throw a lot of money at an app and it fails, you know, and really to get that market research up front and say, you know what, out of the five people, there was one person that said they might download download it. Well, then you probably don't want to move forward as passionate as you are about it. Um, Because I get passionate about a lot of stuff for a day. And then when I think through it and when I talk to people about it, (laughs) so, oh, okay, you know what? It's probably not going to take off, Um, which is okay because there's always another idea that you can come up with. So don't ever think that this is the one, um, you know, and get stuck on it and then just throw $50,000 down the drain. You know, make sure to do that, that market research up front. Yeah, actually, one of the past episodes with Carl Mattiola, he, he had this great advice where he actually went out and, and got, sold his product before he was even built. And, uh, you know, he got enough uh, customers who gave him the upfront payment to then go and su- subsidize his uh, building of the software. And it just reminded me of the importance of uh, almost vetting the idea, because if people are willing to pay for your idea, that's the ultimate vetting process that you could go through. Couldn't agree more. Deacon, it's been just a joy. Uh, I do recommend everyone go and check out uh, wellkeptwallet.com. And um, how best can we reach out to you? You sound like someone who's really approachable. So it'd be great to know how we can best connect. Yeah, I mean, through the website or Twitter is great too. So at Deacon Hayes is my Twitter handle. And I would love to connect with you. If you got questions about your finances, um, you know, contact me anytime. Don't don't hesitate to, to get in touch with me. Well, Deacon, I'll, I'll be contacting you as well. I think <laughs> my wife, uh, the Amazon boxes keep going through our door every day and uh, it's just phenomenal. I, I don't even think she tracks how much uh, she's spending, but uh, I think a lot of men are like that. You know, we like to blame our wives on uh, all, the, all the credit card <laughs> there. <laughs> it's very common. Yeah, no, I'd love to help. Yeah, hit me up anytime. Yeah, sure. Deacon, I really appreciate you coming on the App Guy podcast and uh, all the success to you and we'd love to have you back at some time oh thanks thanks for having me on the show paul 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 